Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. If you're new here, Stephen Davey is teaching through the Bible, all 66 books, with a new lesson each weekday. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. Today we're in John 8. Like Jesus, we live in a world that's content to remain in the darkness of sin. Most people are ignorant of the freedom they can have in Christ. The question is, What are we doing to let His light shine brightly in this world? I have read that around a million people lose their eyesight. They become blind every year. Imagine almost 3,000 people a day losing their ability to see. Well, let me tell you, there is a blindness far worse than the loss of physical sight. In fact, today in our chronological study through the Gospels, Here in John chapter 8, we're going to meet a group of people who choose to remain spiritually blind. Well, now Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's attending the Feast of Tabernacles. Every morning during that festival, the high priest performed this ritual with great pomp and circumstance. He'd walk to the pool of Siloam with his entourage of followers. He'd fill a golden pitcher with water. Then he'd walk back to the temple and he'd pour it next to the brazen altar. And the people referred to this water as the water of salvation. Now, we've already noted back in John chapter 7 that this ceremony gave Jesus the perfect opportunity to offer this invitation here in verse 37. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, the people didn't need a ceremony. They needed a savior. And that's true to this day. Now, there's a second ceremony during the festival. It's called the Illumination of the Temple. It took place in the treasury, also known as the Court of Women. In the center of that massive courtyard, there were four giant candelabra standing. Each of them, in fact, stood some 75 feet high. And on the first evening of the Feast of Tabernacles, these four candelabra were lit and it was said that they, they would give light throughout the city of Jerusalem. Now, this ceremony was to remind the people of the pillar of fire that led their forefathers through the wilderness. Well, now, here in chapter 8, the festival has ended. In fact, those, those candelabra have been extinguished. And we're told here in verse 20 that Jesus is now standing in that very courtyard. When he speaks to the crowd, here's what he says in verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, you can't extinguish the light that I give. My light isn't temporary. My my light will give you sight. It will illuminate for you the truth that leads to everlasting life. Now, with that, the Lord offers a challenge to follow him. And and if you do, Jesus promises, you will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, i got to tell you, the sad truth is today that many people don't want to be exposed by the light of truth. They want to stay in the darkness. 
Don't turn the light on. Leave me alone. You know, one winter, a man in our church gave my family a truckload of white oak, already cut for firewood. It was a wonderful gift. We laid a couple of two-by-fours down to serve as a foundation to keep the firewood dry. Then we stacked the wood in rows on top. Well, the following spring, uh, that firewood was just about all used up, and I was cleaning up that area. I I pulled up one of those two-by-fours, and immediately the ground underneath seemed to come alive with movement. There were all kind of big bugs and and little bugs and worms all all scurrying around (laughs) trying to find cover. They had been exposed by the light, and they wanted nothing to do with it. Well, when Jesus came to Jerusalem, he's really pulling up those rotten boards of empty religious ceremony. And let me tell you, the religious leaders hated that light. In fact, they hated Jesus all the more for disturbing their darkness. And that fits Jesus' prediction here that, that his light, his truth, is going to cause two kinds of reactions. People who love darkness are going to scurry around uh, to go back under cover. But some people, by the grace of God, will have their sin exposed by the light of truth, and they'll choose the forgiveness that Christ offers. Now, with that, Jesus makes some incredible claims. Here in verse 23, he claims to have come directly from heaven. He says to these religious leaders, you are from below, that is earth. I am from above. You're of this world. I am not of this world. Then Jesus adds this additional, rather incredible claim. He says that he's God in the flesh. He says here in verse 24, unless you believe that I am he, this he is a reference to God, you will die in your sins. He then claims to fulfill the sign of the brazen serpent back in the days of Moses, as he says here in verse 28, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Well, this, of course, is a prediction of his coming crucifixion. He then makes the claim that he can set people free. Verse 31, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, some of the people make the claim here that as children of Abraham, they don't need to be set free. They're not not enslaved, in other words. And Jesus responds here in verse 34, saying that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You see, sin comes equipped with shackles and and chains. And Jesus goes on here to point out that they are indeed sinners in need of being set free by his light, his saving, redeeming, liberating truth. Now, with that, the Lord makes a very serious statement about them here. You see, these religious leaders proudly claim to be Abraham's children. Abraham is their father, so to speak. Well, the Lord knows that that is true genetically, but not spiritually. So Jesus says that they're not true children of Abraham because they do not possess Abraham's faith. In fact, Jesus reminds them that they want to kill him, and all he's done is tell them the truth. And now with that, he makes this bold statement here in verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
Wow, that's quite an indictment, isn't it? You think your father is Abraham? Well, let me tell you, your father's really the devil. You're doing his will, his murderous will. You're, you're blindly following his lies. You might be physically related to Abraham, but not spiritually. In fact, you're related to Satan. Now, can you imagine how this is going to go over? This crowd is infuriated. But here in verse 56, Jesus adds even more fuel to their fury. You want to talk about Abraham? Well, let's talk about Abraham. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. In other words, Abraham knows who I am, and he couldn't be any happier about me. Well, before the the religious leaders could even figure out how to respond to this claim, Jesus adds another shocking claim in verse 58. Before Abraham was, I am. Just listen to the staggering claims Jesus is making in this chapter. He says he's the light of the world. He says he came from heaven. He says he is God incarnate. He says he can free people from sin. He says he existed before Abraham. Let me tell you, people today who think Jesus was just a good man evidently haven't read John chapter 8. Jesus is a bold-faced liar if these staggering claims are not true. Oh, but let me tell you, if they are true, and they are, Jesus is much more than just a good man. Now, do these religious leaders understand the implications of Jesus' claims? Oh, let me tell you, they, they sure do. Verse 59 says, they picked up stones to throw at him. They're now going to try to stone him to death. He's claiming to be eternal God. Well, it isn't time for God the Son to die. So we're told here that he hid himself and went out of the temple. See, these people didn't just pick up stones, beloved. They're choosing to stay spiritually blind. But let me tell you, blindness happens to be the condition of our world. Satan has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, the Bible says. Our role isn't to water down the claims of Jesus. It's to enhance them, deliver them, and allow the light of the world to shine through us into this dark world. Our world desperately needs to be set free. So don't hold back today, delivering the truth. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called The Staggering Claims of Christ. Stephen is continuing his wisdom journey through the Bible as he teaches chronologically through the Gospels. I hope you'll commit to joining us each weekday for a new lesson from God's Word. The Wisdom Journey is produced by Wisdom International. Learn more at wisdomonline.org. If you're enjoying this wisdom journey, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app and join us next time.